Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. Today, I am speaking with Kathy Reiner, school nurse consultant, the Colorado director of the National Association of School Nurses, and chair of the NASN Healthy Communities Strategic Committee. I met Kathy through the Annie Environmental Nurse Fellowship, and I have enjoyed learning about how she is blending her concern about planetary health with that of human health. Enjoy. Kathy, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Yes, I'm excited too, uh, Beth, to be here and and talk a little bit about um, what I'm doing and and contributing to your rich knowledge of what nurses are doing around the world in terms of environmental health and and contributing to to that work. Well, wonderful. Well, we met uh, in the uh, Annie Environmental Health Fellowship. And um, I've really been interested in your uh, experience in school nursing and also your approach to ecosystem health or planetary health and your thinking. So why don't you tell, tell us about your, yourself as a nurse? How did you get started? How did you get interested in what you're doing? And, and eventually, what are you working on now? Sure, sure. Well, um, my background is that I, I was born and raised in North Dakota, so I come from a rural background. Um, I... I've been uh, growing up in a rural area. I've always loved the outdoors and being in nature. I've always had an interest in science and the natural world as well. I came to nursing kind of um, in a somewhat atypical way. I have an undergraduate degree in biology and chemistry, and I worked as a public health chemist before getting uh, a master's degree in public health and then worked uh, in the area of communicable disease and injury epidemiology I decided to get my nursing degree to add clinical knowledge and, and focus more on human health. And with my public health background, school nursing seemed like, uh, like a perfect fit, and it actually has been. I also had an uh, incredible mentor who steered me in that direction. So for the past 23 years, I've been a school nurse here in Colorado, working with children, families, school staff, and school communities to help address and eliminate or mitigate health-related barriers to education. Um, and that, you know, that focus has, has really changed in the last couple of decades too, from being very maybe individually based, working with students to really working with communities and looking more upstream at, at other health issues that, that affect the entire population. Um, so I've seen many leaders in ecology and environmental health write or talk about uh, how it's impossible to really separate ourselves and our environment and, and that dualism between human humans and nature is a myth. So when we talk about the intersection of health and, and environment, um, I don't think we can really ever consider health in isolation from the environment. And I really find myself including the environment in nearly every conversation about health and thinking about the environment in most every situation in my work and personal life. Um, in school nursing, we have a framework for 21st century practice with overlapping intersecting principles, one of which is community and public health. And, and this really helps school nurses to consider environmental health in their everyday practice. And, and when I say I, I include it in, in just about every conversation and situation, um, 
sometimes that I, I, I see a little bit of um, maybe exasperation on some people's um, faces because it's not the typical way for, for school nurses and maybe nurses in general to, to think about their work and, and, um, and uh, their practice, but, but it just comes naturally to me and, and I feel fortunate in that. Um, because I can bring it up, and it does make sense once we start talking about the environment uh, in specific situations that or issues that we're trying to work on to help our students. Interesting. So, so um, I want to explore that a little bit as to why you think that is that it's difficult for people to make that connection that's that seems so clear to you. What do you, what do you think is behind that? You know, I'm. I'm so in, that's a really good question. And uh, so, for example, um, just a couple of examples. Um, I'm very involved in our state school nursing association and our national school nursing association. And uh, we've got, of course, many um, uh, position briefs, uh, position statements, uh, our framework, our scope and standards of practice and guide our practice, and if you delve into those and if you really look at, at those foundational documents, our, our ethical practice document, um, you'll see you know, a very clear directive or imperative for nurses to think about the environment and consider the environment um, for social justice reasons, for um, health equity, et cetera. So I, I think there's been a focus more on the clinical and on the individual uh, client, patient, student, whatever your practice uh, setting is. Um, and, and therefore, it, it oftentimes gets left out of the conversation or the, the, um, the conversation or the approach to an individual situation or, or problem. Um, but, you know, to me, because of my background, coming from a public health background, and I think public health nurses, of course, do this wonderfully, um, it just comes natural to think about. And um, maybe the training that nurses get or the education, um, I know it's been a, an issue for, for many people working in public health, working in community health, that, that nursing education needs to be more focused on public health, more on upstream interventions, so that we can have a bigger impact on on the health of our of our entire population, and that's where you get the most bang for the buck. And I think there's starting to be a change in at least practicing nurses' um, attitudes around that. But we need to have voices that speak up and, and say that. Um, I'm hoping that there's there are continuing conversations among nurses who are involved in designing a curriculum for baccalaureate, masters, whatever level of nursing, uh, to, to be more focused on population health, primary care, those kinds of, of issues where probably environmental health um, feels like, like more of a sensible to include in the conversation, even though I think a nurse working in a clinical setting in an acute care hospital and I know a lot of your work is focused on um, making um, people aware and finding ways to reduce uh, hospital acute care settings and other clinical settings impact on the environment in terms of the materials and the energy that, that is used. 
Right. Well, you've said a mouthful, and it's it's so <laughs> it's so um, uh, apropos. Um, and I'm really glad to hear school nursing is embracing that idea of upstream health, upstream thinking, um, population health, et cetera. What, let, let me just pick your brain a little bit about when we talk about social determinants of health, um, it's becoming a much more common, accepted approach, uh, theories with frameworks and guiding, guiding principles or at least ideas in terms of ecosystem nested uh, layers of health, et cetera. However, one, one thing that I'm struggling a bit with sometimes is that environment, even in these models, seems to be an afterthought. And it seems like, just like you've said, that environment and health can't be separated. I, I see again and again that the social determinants of health are the environmental determinants of health in many cases because they, they overlap so much. What, what, are, what are your thoughts about that? Well, it's been real, uh, uh, sort of an interesting journey that um, we do, uh, the National Association of School Nurses has a position statement on environmental health. And those position statements are rewritten, renewed, uh, and or um, just completely um, starting from scratch written at least once every five years. And I've been fortunate enough to be uh, the lead writer on our environmental health a position statement that's going through the writing process, the drafting process right now. Um, and it's been, like I said, an interesting journey because when we looked at the existing position brief, which is, you know, our position statement was just, which was just a few years old, we found that it was very school focused, um, very, uh, um, situational, um, not looking at the the entire uh, ecosystem in which a student lives, which in the community is so important, um, you know, access to care, all of those issues that, that come into play when you're trying to address the environment as a either a support or a barrier to a student being able to learn. And so we've been taking really an upstream approach and a, and a, and a broad view of, of the environment as it affects the health of our students and really looking at communities, looking at policy, looking at, you know, what are the issues with, with uh, any federal protections for students in schools, and there really aren't any, um, and learning so much about um, how local and state governments are, are critical. Um, to ensuring that, that the school environment, of course, is, is a safe place for students to, to learn um, and, and their communities are, are safe places for them in terms of environmental health to, to, to grow and to play. Um, so been encouraging though that, that I've seen our organization more and more take that upstream approach and look broadly at, at the whole community, um, the whole context of, of where our students are, are um, being exposed to either helpful or, or, or detrimental effects of, of not only the environment, but trauma, um, you know, violence, so many things we're seeing impact our students now. And, and we know that we cannot as school nurses really make a difference for our students if we're just focusing on the school setting, even though that is our primary uh, our primary practice environment. Yeah, interesting and challenging. 
so, yes. so, so I also know, and I'm going to, so hold that thought. And also, I know that you're interested in um, a larger picture of environment as well in terms of planetary health with biodiversity loss, with climate change, with um, our, our, our broader world. And I'm, I know that uh, you have ideas about how, how that is related to health as well. But can you span those two concepts? For instance, what you just said about um, paying more attention outside of the school yard, more or less, just like clinical nurses in hospitals would need to think outside of their hospitals to the community and the family and the home situation and exposures to violence and exposures to toxic chemicals. Can you, what are your thoughts when you ask the question of how does the health of the broader planet also influence these um, outcomes and how, how do we begin to incorporate that into our thinking as well as nurses? It's a hard question. It is a hard question. Um, so I'll take a stab at that. Uh, well, I think about environmental health as not only just a, you know, a school nursing issue, of course, it's a nursing issue. You really can't separate the two in terms of environmental health and nursing. Um, it's foundational and, and, and human health, our students' health as school nurses, as school nurses is really inextricably dependent on the health of of the planet um, and the communities at a smaller level in which we live. Um, there are so many things, uh, uh, services that the, the that nature and the ecosystems provide to us, uh, regardless of where we live, um, that help us to function, um, to be healthy. So, you know, things like clean water, clean air, um, you know, whether or not you live next to, a, you know, a polluting source, um, you know, and, and all those things that are happening to our students, or in the case of a, a like a critical care nurse, our patients, their families, they're all um, coming to school with them. And they are, um, you know, things that we, we, we have to delve into. Um, we're not gonna be able to accomplish our mission. And as school nurses, our mission is, you know, to make sure that all students are healthy, safe and ready to learn. And so therefore they come to school with all of those issues from their family, their community, um, the toxic environments that some of our students live in, unfortunately, um, the, the inequities that they experience. We need as school nurses to, to be addressing those, to find um, you know, strategies, uh, work with community organizations, work with policymakers, uh, work with our school leadership to find ways to to uh, level well, level the playing field for those kiddos so that they can have the same opportunities to learn and to be healthy as our students that, that maybe um, don't necessarily have the same types of exposures, but, but all students are are vulnerable to, to unhealthy environments. Thank you, Kathy. That, that was really helpful. Let's explore a little bit of what you've been doing um, currently outside of your role as a school nurse, though maybe, maybe it's not outside of your role, in your environmental health fellowship. Tell us about that. Well, it's been incredibly exciting um, to work with Anne on this fellowship and, and and um, just to share with your with your listeners that that you are my mentor for this experience, and, and that's been uh, really uh, beneficial for me. Um, 
I, I resonated with a lot of the things you said when we first met um, in our first face-to-face -face meeting in, in Baltimore and um, was happy when I learned that you would be my mentor. So it's been, it's been a great experience. But um, I became aware of, of Annie um, quite a while ago, several years ago, and because they have such a strong um, online presence, um, when you're looking for information about nurses and environmental health, uh, it's probably the, the premier organization um, and resource uh, supplier, educational resource, advocacy resource that, that nurses would come to if they started searching. Um, and then I learned um, about the fellowship, uh, uh, went, I think via a, a newsletter or a communication that came out just because I had subscribed to, to one of the, the ANI newsletters. Uh, and I wasn't really considering um, applying for the fellowship at first. Um, I didn't know if um, my bat, well, I knew that I was interested, but I, I wasn't completely sure about the, the fit between what I was doing and, and what I might be able to to work on with the fellowship, but I was encouraged to do so by uh, my uh, the executive direct director of the National Association of, of School Nurses, Donna Mazik. She, she um, had been in communication with Anne um, in order to put to provide more environmental health resources to school nurses. We've got multiple links um, on our website for, for NASN. Um, but they haven't been as involved as, as I think they should be and as many of my colleagues think they should be with environmental health issues. And therefore, um, she encouraged me to, to apply for the fellowship as a way of uh, professional development for myself, but, but also I was interested in the fellowship as a way perhaps of, of being more, uh, taking more of a leadership role in my school nursing organization to bring more environmental health awareness tools, um, advocacy resources to school nurses. Uh, there's been, as your listeners I'm sure are aware, uh, a huge, I guess, welling of interest among our students, our older students in uh, getting involved in um, impacting the, the climate change issue, and um, there's the, our students are seeing that this is going to be an issue for them. They're going to be disproportionately affected by climate change. They are being disproportionately affected already, and I felt, and our leadership felt, that school nurses really need to be prepared and educated for the questions that their students are going to bring to them about this issue. Not only in, not only climate change, but environmental health in general, because we are seeing a sort of a, a degradation of, of environmental health or the planetary health in general. So um, yeah, so I decided that I, I would apply, and, and I was thankfully one of the three folks in in my region to be selected. And it's been an incredible journey. So much learning, so much um, adventure, I guess, in terms of of learning about the different aspects that, that, that are impacting right now environmental health with, with uh, industry and um, legislation and uh, regulation, uh, working with community organizations. The fellowship is focused, uh, has somewhat of a focus on, on social justice issues. 
and we were encouraged to develop a uh, project with a community-based organization on that that might have um, that might be impacted by environmental justice or social justice issues. Uh, and I, I, as I was talking with with Beth and with my other uh, region colleagues. I was talking a lot about my interest in biodiversity and human health and the <clears throat> the the intersect not the intersection but the connection between the two and um, also I I started exploring um, and it was suggested to me to maybe explore some of the conservation organizations in in our state to see if uh, perhaps they had projects or or interests in that I could contribute to. Um, we also had a lot of training in through the fellowship for uh, to learn about good approaches to to partnering with community organizations and and that was really valuable too because it was um, it did take a lot of work to to identify and um, actually develop a, a project with a conservation organization. So what I'm doing is I'm working with the Denver Audubon Society on a project to increase the access of people with, with physical disabilities uh, to actually going bird watching. Um, and it's been a great experience. My, my colleague in the in the project is is a gentleman who's been in a wheelchair, um, I think for about 30 years, uh, who had an interest in bird watching and um, wanted to to develop a, uh, I guess, accessibility checklist so that we could um, encourage people in the community that organizations that maybe serve people with disabilities to come out and um, to take you know to take the risk and come out and and enjoy nature. Um, we know there's a lot of evidence, a lot of research to show that exposure to nature increases stewardship behavior in people. So they want to make sure that those natural spaces are protected and well cared for. We know that uh, there's quite a bit of evidence to show that exposure to nature can increase people's uh, mental, physical, and emotional health. And we know that um, just protecting these areas and making sure that we maintain biodiversity also has some health benefits to humans. Um, and also, you know, more broadly, we need biodiversity. We need uh, a rich ecosystem to, to support life in general. Um, it's not just uh, human health, it's, it's, a, it's a survival issue. So we've been um, we've had one bird watching expedition with our with with uh, about 15 people that had various um, disabilities, physical disabilities. We were able to ensure that the area that we went to to, to do this was, was accessible in terms of you know the the slope of of the trails, the the surfacing of the trails, that you know bathrooms were accessible, parking was accessible. We've done a survey uh, with the with the participants um, to try to get a sense of uh, did they feel, you know, like the, the the experience was safe? Would they do it again? What kind of benefits did they they experience? They could do that somewhat open ended, but we also tried to get um, answers to specific questions that that we thought uh, that we were interested in in, in terms of, um, you know, did you experience 
you know, what was your favorite, what was your, what was the best um, impact of, of this experience? So was it the social interaction? Was it the, um, you know, the effect on your mental health, just some things like that. And and with that initial experience, we, we got a pretty good uh, response back and, and um, some information to help us design the next outing that we've got coming up. Um, of course, the, the pandemic has sort of thrown a wrench into to this project as well, but as soon as we it is easier to social distance when you're out of doors. So we hope that we can do our next expedition coming up soon and, and continue it. We've also been participating with, with uh, the National Audubon Society to do some mapping. Um, so they've actually got a project up on their website that maps accessible sites all over the country for people with disabilities. So that's an, a really exciting project as well. That's so cool. It's, a, it's um, first of all, probably not what you anticipated when you started the fellowship, but no. it's a great <laughs> translation of uh, your skills, history, and knowledge as a school nurse who, who really thinks, uh, sis, you know, system-wise, um, and also your interest in this sometimes difficult-to-express um, health link to the health of the planet. And I, I I really appreciate your conception of how biodiversity, yeah, it's important to us for pollinators and for microbes in the soil, but it's also important um, for health uh, in, in different ways, including, as you say, getting outdoors, better mental health and adjustment, probably better sleep. I mean, I don't know the, the science on that, but I think this is a just a really nice blend of extending what would be um, traditional environmental health concepts to uh, this setting and also this population, which is in fact a vulnerable population. Absolutely. Yeah, in so many ways, not able to, you know, the social interactions, um, they're really a, um, lacking many times in being able to, to meet new people and, and to do it in a, in, to explore a common interest. Um, and, it, and it was just, it was wonderful and I can't wait for the, for the next outing that we're going to do hopefully in in June uh, to get out and you know that the research is really getting more robust in this area um, and one of the things that I guess is maybe the, the strongest in terms of research evidence is is the importance of the biodiversity and and the biome in our environment to our microbiome and we're learning more and more about that um, so it sort of worries me right now with our obsession on, on cleanliness and, and killing everything in, you know, in our, in our, around our spaces and how is that going to um, impact us going forward? Because we know that there's been some attention to the microbiome and, and um, our tendency to, to develop um, allergic uh, conditions and asthma, et cetera. But anyway, that's a, that's another big topic. Yeah, right. But I bet you have some thoughts on it if you spent some time in infectious disease earlier in your career. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we were we were sort of moving in the right direction by, you know, discouraging people uh, from using antibacterial soaps and, and being, you know, so um, maybe over the top in terms of cleaning and environment um, that that some of that exposure to the, the diversity 
uh, of the, the biome in our environment was important and is important to the development of our microbiome to be healthy. So um, you have competing, competing interests and competing, I guess, you know, when you have a, a novel infectious disease, you have to change your focus a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump to a different topic, which is really about um, yourself and your work in this. And it's a question I just like to ask people, which is about what would you say is your driver? What motivates you to be engaged in this work? You, you talked a little bit about your childhood and your interest in the natural world, but this is, uh, has persisted through your career. What, what do you think it is that motivates you? Well, that's a, a good question. And, and I, I feel that, um, you know, maybe your, your listeners and yourself have, have heard of Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she has written a lot of books for, for leadership. And, and um, one of the exercises we recently did with my leadership organization, um, International Association of School Nurses, was to, to try to um, verbalize or identify our core values. And, and what I came up with was my core values out of uh, a whole list of, of suggestions were justice and nature. And, and because of that, you know, the, those are my core values, I think, of, of others as well, but these are the most meaningful to me. And it, and it makes sense that this work would, would come natural, would feel right and be energizing, um, that I would be drawn to, to care and, and try to make a difference. Um, I don't think I could bear not to work towards protecting the planet. It, it really gives me energy. So therefore, uh, the motivation comes natural, I think. So you have the energy and the drive and the curiosity. You don't have to have to dig for it. Exactly. Yeah. It very much comes natural. It, it um, um, I think each one of us obviously could could identify their core values, and <clears throat> then it runs through your life. I, I see it. I, I lead um, one of the NAS, the National Association of School Nurses strategic uh, planning groups, and it's uh, our group is is um, focused on community health. We did this exercise, and as as I listen to the members talk, I can hear the impact of, of their core values coming through. And I think that's true with everyone. It's, it's a great uh, personal experience and, and I think professional experience to, to look into that. And, and, and it becomes um, explanatory, I guess, in many ways of, of why we do what we do, what, what makes, why the things that are meaningful to us are meaningful to us. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and it's fortunate and also you have made this happen, that you're able to work within your core values. You're able to work in ways that are meaningful uh, to you and also meaningful to the world. That's terrific. Yeah, and, and you, you know, as, as um, fellow humans, we hope, <laughs> we hope everyone can find that. I, I know that it, not everyone has that, but those, that, those of us that do um, are, are fortunate, really fortunate. That's right. Well, Kathy, I've already taken about a half hour of your time. What, um, what would you like to say to, you know, say there's a, a, a new school nurse or a new nurse who might be interested in school nursing or who right. might be interested in um, working toward uh, 
conservation in, in our environmental health or anything really in your career, what would you say to nurses getting started? How might they find their way? Sure. I <clears throat> just kind of uh, building off of what we just said, I, I would hope that um, people coming into the nursing profession, that it, that it, they find a way to practice that, that fits with their values. And, and I would talk, to, I think I would talk to them, or I do talk to them about, you know, where, where they're coming from, what, what they want to accomplish, um, what, what, what provides the most meaning to them in, in the work that they're doing. Um, and uh, I think by doing that, it leads you into the conversation that you would have with someone coming into school nursing. It's not hard for me to, to talk with great passion and excitement about this particular uh, specialty practice because of the, the opportunity to, to impact the health of, of your, not only your students, but communities in, in general, um, the, broad, the broad reach and potential of, of school nursing. So talking to them about that, I think, can build, um, build people's impression and real knowledge of, of what school nursing really is, because there is um, an, a misconception that, that school nurses um, are, are sitting in their, their offices and, and taking care of, of in little injuries and maybe providing some Tylenol here and there. So to really be able to talk to them about the potential to, to impact a much broader um, a much broader facet of, of, of health. Um, I heard someone say that um, education is probably the biggest uh, determinant of, of a person's life, um, that if you have a good, get, get a good education, that it can add up to nine years, research shows, um, to your, uh, your life expectancy. And health is really the biggest uh, impact on whether or not a person can achieve uh, their potential academically. So in many ways, not just chronic diseases like asthma or diabetes, even though those are really um, big parts of the school nursing, of, of a school nurse's practice, because that management in the school setting is, is pretty complex. But um, again, looking at that broader community focus of, of what, what other ways can we get involved in our community um, with legislation, with regulation, with school policy. Um, so talking to them about just the broad potential of school nurses to really make a difference, um, I think. So, so that's where, where I think I would go <laughs> um, after getting to know the person a little bit. Um, yeah, that's helpful. I, I have to say, I have learned a lot about school nursing just through you this year. And also I had interviewed Gloria Barrera, who's a school nurse in Chicago area. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate, you know, what you just said about the importance of health uh, as a driver for not only learning, but for success. I mean, obviously we're, we're as nurses focused on health, but I had not really appreciated that. I mean, tell me if this is true the primary focus on health in our school system is through school nurses. We, we don't have school doctors that I know of. We don't have school public health people, though, of course, they're, they're closely allied with the city and county uh, public health department. But, but really, it's the school nurses of the nation that are, are helping safeguard the, the health of students. Is that true? That's very true, and, and thank you for that. 
endorsement. <laughs> but yes, it's that is very true. There there are many, many models of um, health services, health services provision in schools across the country. There's no um, federal mandate, again, for, for there to be a school nurse um, or even um, a, a basic level of school health services in schools. We do have, of course, um, our federal laws, uh, Individuals with, Dis with Disabilities Education Act, and uh, also the Americans with Disabilities Act that protects students with disabilities and ensure that those students get the services they need so they can access their education. But, in, but for the entire population of students, um, there is no, no basic you know, safety net um, of health services in schools, but um, school nurses are a, an effective, efficient way to provide a safety net to children that don't um, necessarily have access to, to health care in, in their communities or easy access. Um, and, and we are sometimes known as the hidden health care system. Mm -hmm. um, so there are school nurses across the country, but we're unevenly distributed and the models are different. We do have, uh, of course, um, guidelines and guidance from our national organization about what uh, um, a good health services uh, uh, system should look like in schools. And we, we, we strive for that. And we are also doing a lot of research. And when I say we, the National Association is doing um, intensive research to try to identify through evidence what is the best model, what does produce the best outcomes in terms of students' academic success when you're looking at school nurses. But yes, school nurses are the most uh, common um, healthcare provider in schools, sometimes the only healthcare provider in schools, um, and you know, provide an essential service. Terrific. Well, thank you for, for your career focusing on that. So let me ask you another question back to when you would speak with nurses or, or beginning nurses, how would you encourage them also to do what you have done, uh, which is to conserve the natural world, to make build these bridges between health and the natural world? What would you say to nurses who are concerned about that and want to um, be able to contribute in that way? Sure. Um, in terms of a, of a good foundation for them, I would I would always want to make sure that they were aware of of the, the of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments um, and, and the wealth of, of information that's available there and, and very great uh, foundation that they can build um, in terms of knowledge uh, with the, the, the e-textbook and, and the other resources that are available there and, and getting involved too in perhaps one of the the focus groups. Um, that's available with ANHE. The other thing is that we've been, and when I say we, there's myself and, and several other nurses here in Colorado and, and at the national level that are have really been working hard to bring that message to our organizations and encourage our organizations to, to strengthen their messaging there, strengthening their, their education, their advocacy, their collaboration with other organizations um, working in this area and bring it to the forefront of, of what nurses see if they go if they go to our national association of school nurses website or or our um, association the other thing we did here in colorado um and this is kind of a small thing but it but it but i think it's starting to a movement among national uh the nurses across the country we 
hosted our national organizations meeting annual conference last year here in Denver. And we were, we tried to develop a real strong uh, presence and messaging um, among the people that were registering to come to the conference that we were gonna have a green conference and, and what that meant and that we weren't, um, we were trying to go plastic free and here are things that you can do when you come to our, the conference to, to contribute in the hotel, you know, the, the simple things, turning your lights off, and why this was important, and that our, our state really wanted to take the lead in, in talking about um, part of the do no harm maxim is, is do no harm to your environment, and, and do no harm, and if you live that way, if you try to participate in, in that, um, that draw, that Oh, I don't know. Goal that that you will also serve your your students and your community, and um, then that then translated over to our national organization. They they uh, were very uh, supportive of what we were trying to do, and I have seen a change in terms of you know, the, the the sourcing of of um, food and and um, no no plastic water bottles and, and you know, just, just small things. Um, but it's, it's in our environment now. It's, it's part of the, it's part of the, I guess, the feeling that, that, that health promotion feeling that, um, that I get from our organizations now. Um, and I have to say, I haven't seen that in, for instance, the, some of the other nursing organizations in the state. Um, I haven't seen that modeling and I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> Well, hopefully, hopefully it's coming, I'm, and uh, yeah. it's great that you have been successful and are and are able to talk about it as well. Yes, yeah, and I, I have had um, probably a little pushback that you know, you know, that's that's too hard to do, or um, you know, or or maybe people having the impression that that that's all my nursing career is about is is the environment and climate change, and and um, gives us opportunities to to talk more about it and and how that, that's not the case. And, uh, but I think anytime you try to make a, a change, you, you might, you know, push against the boundaries a little bit and, and um, have a little bit of, of, of people questioning what, what you're trying to do. Yeah, but good, good for you. Good on you for pushing against the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, have to continue on with that. And uh, <laughs> hopefully, you know, hopefully eventually make some small changes and become bigger changes. Yeah, that's great. Well, Kathy, it's been a delight to speak with you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? Well, you know, I, I just, you know, we're doing this interview in, in the time of this pandemic, and I've heard a lot of people say that, that and myself included, that I fervently hope that these unfamiliar times um, will, will cause a shift in our, our relationship um, with the earth that you know, maybe we'll, hopefully we will learn some lessons and we'll continue to slow down and, and take, uh, take things in and be more thoughtful in, in our decisions uh, regarding energy use and, and environment and, and what, we, what we really wanna see for, for our children and, and for future generations. So I hope that good comes out of this and um, I encourage everybody to, 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 you know, take advantage of the time. I think we, I think we are, I hear 
um, I hear a lot of people talk about that and and hopefully that's that's an outcome that that will improve improve the planet improve the earth improve our relationships yeah here's here here's to the, an optimistic outcome maybe in a couple of years we can have another conversation and and see what we think about that i, I would love that and, and i'm with you i'm i'm cautiously optimistic that people are relieved by this breath and this time um, and I say that knowing that many, many people are suffering terribly, and it is not to discount that. But right. but many people are also saying, "Wow, this this is different," and I feel less frenzied. I feel more. Um, I know who my neighbors are. You know, such mm -hmm. things like that. So, right, that's so valuable. It's also revealing a lot of of inequities um, mm -hmm. that have been there that have been hard to to bring to people's attention but this has been a really stark uh uncovering of of how some people are more impacted when when things like this happen than others yes that's right well kathy thank you so much for your fine work in the world and thanks for having this conversation with me thanks for what you do beth it's been a delight thanks you bet bye-bye bye Thank you again to Kathy Reiner. It was fun to explore her perspective on planetary health in our natural world, human health, and the health of students. Thank you all for listening today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at envirn.org. And please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time. <laughs>